Hey, what is up, football fans? Welcome into the kickoff episode of Three Man Rush over here at Buffalo Rumblings, being brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network and being served up to you live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. This is it. We've got them in the house. The long-awaited debut of three-man rush with Big O, as you can see on the screen. What is up, Jerry? Welcome in, sir. Hey, I got to ask. I hadn't seen some of those pictures in quite some time. Uh, <laughs> 19, 18 to 19-year-old Jerry was, uh, like was an interesting dude, man. I'm telling you. Man, those were those were nice. That one, now the one where I'm leaning with uh, kneeling with the football, that hair was perfect, man. <laughs> it was like, epic. Was like I was like, Z-box holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I came across those. I was digging around and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put, I'm going to definitely find the Tulsa when he signed with them. We're going to find that picture and we got it. So yeah. we saw super young Jerry up to <laughs> what most people, I think, in wow. Bill's Mafia world know you as is, you know, Jerry, right. who killed it for the Bills for tons and tons of years. So, Jerry, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what we're doing with this show? Well, what we're doing is we're going to dig into a little bit of college football. You know, we got uh, we got a lot of people that, um, hey, our network, uh, Buffalo Rumblings, probably, I shouldn't say probably, does the best job on Buffalo Bills breakdown. And we will get into some bills. But one thing we don't have is we don't have a lot of college football talk, if any. So that's uh, that's where this whole thing starts, right? I mean, you go ahead, you get to college, you get that chance to play pro ball. So we're going to go ahead and dig into college football. Uh, we're going to dig a little deeper into Syracuse, uh, UB, the uh, Bulls. We're going to dig into those guys as well, a little matching, and uh, talk about them. And then also we'll get into the top 25 matchups. And, of course, at the end, we would be amiss since <laughs> our, our co-host Sarah is kind of like Where's Waldo. She's at every game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we'd be amiss if we didn't talk about the Bills. So we're going to get into the Bills a little bit towards the end. We're definitely going to be heavy college football content. And uh, you never know with this crew where everything, you know, where it may move us, so to speak. Absolutely. As I kind of teed this thing up and I put it out there, I was like, we got cues. We got bills. Top 25. We're going to have some Tulsa in there. Right. Jerry's got a rep. (laughs) He's got a rep where he came from and his son plays there now, too. Right. So we got a rep there. But Sarah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? If there's some folks out there that don't know you, uh, if if you don't know, I'm kind of surprised. But um, <laughs> you know, let's let's see how she feels about it. Yeah, let's let's just pretend everyone knows who I am. Now, uh, I've been around for quite a while uh, with with the Bills, and just uh, last couple of years, I decided to start going every game, and it's been uh, you know a lot of fun traveling. Uh, it makes my life uh, pretty crazy and hectic. Like I fly out tomorrow morning. Uh, to go to the Jets um, Bills game, so we'll see how how long I continue to do this. But right now, it's been definitely a, a fun experience, and it's gotten to, you know it's gotten me to to be introduced to a lot of people. And uh, I kind of grew up on Syracuse football, so it was definitely one of those uh, you know it's definitely a cool thing to start talking about Syracuse again. Uh, they've been doing pretty well. I went to the University of Miami. I'm a huge Hurricane fan, so I have not stopped liking uh, college football and we can all blame Jim Kelly for the, for the university of Miami uh, decision that I made to, to go there. So not a bad one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lately it's been a little bit of a bad one. We've been struggling for quite a while to get back to relevancy. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking some college football because it kind of, it all fits together. Once, you know, once you start talking about college, it kind of leads into the, the NFL and there's never really an off season because you have, right. you know, the combine and you have the draft and it'll be fun to, can you know, to dig deep into all of that. And I have to say, I grew up in Philadelphia. So I grew up, I was there until I was 18 and I, then I went to University of Tulsa. My parents moved down here. We've been down here ever since, but I do know a little bit about Syracuse football. I know they play in a stadium that was there when I was a kid. They're still <laughs> in the same one. But um, I believe it was, what, Dick McPherson was the uh, head coach all the way back then when uh, um, I think that was his name. Um, but, no, no Syracuse a little bit from playing Penn State uh, back mm-hmm. when Joe Powell was around and all those days of uh, Foge Fazio and Jackie Sherrill at Pitt and everything else. So we'll get into the Pitt Panthers in a little bit. But how about yourself, Colt? Otherwise, now see, I guess do people know you as Colt or they know you as – the Buffalo nerd. 
<laughs> it, it's probably uh probably just cold i mean the hope is that eventually it'll be the buffalo nerd right you know is obviously right. that's what i do a lot of as the buffalo nerd sports podcast hosts and put out all that material over there here on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network and podcast network thursday nights a little bit before this one uh richard and everybody was hanging out and as jerry and sarah have kind of mentioned we're going to be super college football heavy right so we're going to sprinkle in some live shows that will knock out and stuff like that besides that you guys will mostly be able to find the show on saturday mornings before you're getting ready to hang out and watch your college football and do all that kind of stuff so we're really looking forward to pumping out some good stuff for you we got a lot of material we're going to hammer through and have a lot of fun and then of course we're going to end with the greatest football team in the nfl the Buffalo Bills, right? The Buffalo so Bills. can't go wrong. So let's get right into it. We 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 kind of start here with Syracuse. Sarah hit on it already. They were they were flowing, man. They were looking so good. Everybody was loving it. Now they've lost two in a row. Now they're good football teams. They lost to right. We can't right. we can't say they they lost to bad teams, but they're kind of trending the wrong way. They got a matchup this week against a Pitt Panther team who's four and four, and they go in there as the underdog. Right. This is a team that people were talking about as one of the top teams in college football a couple, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago. So where are you two, Sarah, Jerry, on what's happening with Syracuse? Can they turn it around? What's going on? Go ahead, Sarah. I'll let you go first. Okay. So I, I think with Syracuse, the, the, you know, they did lose two, two games in a row, but it was to good teams. Uh, Notre Dame is definitely not as bad as their um, record shows right now. They've put up some really good numbers against some really good teams. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is they actually were leading Clemson in the, into the fourth quarter. Uh, so I'm definitely not, you know, discouraged by them. Now Pitt won the ACC last year. So I kind of feel like they're going in, you know, losing two in a row. That's they're going into Pittsburgh. It's a hard place to play. So I kind of figured they would be the underdogs. We just need hopefully to have Schroeder sh- uh, show up because he is, you know, uh, in my opinion, the reason why they did bad last week is because he came in and started, you know, like the first, I mean, the first throw of the game was an interception and Trader has been kind of the backbone. Um, he's what has led them back. And when they've been down, he's been the second half of um, all these games. So I'm looking forward and he was out the second half of the Clemson game. So I'm looking forward to having him come back and establish that he is still the number one quarterback on that team. Cause now that there's a little bit of a, you know, controversy, but I'm looking forward to it. I think we can write the ship if they come out and in and perform the way that they did the first six weeks. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's amazing how, how fast people forget. Um, Schrader was a guy uh, that was projecting upward. Uh, he was playing better and better. It seemed like each week. And then he gets to the uh, Notre Dame game and he does throw the pick six first play of the game. But, you know, if you look at this, this was really the first huge game that Syracuse had at home in quite some time. And I know they played at Clemson. I know he played in some really hostile environments. A lot of times for teams like Syracuse that are kind of, let's say, your underdog, even though they're playing well, they're a good football team, they haven't done much lately, right? They what, won one game last year, I believe. Um, so you look at this team, they're playing at home in front of a packed Carrier Dome. If it's, is it still called the Carrier Dome or is it called something else? Now? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and, and, you know, it was one of these situations where it's harder sometimes, more pressure packed to play at home in these big games like this than it is on the road. But, uh, but you're right, Sarah, he didn't perform very well. Um, and um, he needs to get back on track. I think he is their quarterback. I think he's their leader, and he's going to have to play good for them to do good. But you look at the rest of their schedule, they're, they're at Pitt, who's unranked, and they're uh, back at home against Florida State, who's unranked, and a team that is very uh, gettable, so to speak. I mean, I, the thing about Florida State, you don't know who you get each week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one week they're, they're beating LSU. The next week they're losing the team they shouldn't lose to. And then they, uh, they go on the road to Wake Forest, which is always a toss-up, a really hard place to play. And then they're back on the road for their season finale at unranked Boston College. So the schedule's there for them. They can win these last four games very easily and be right where they want to be. But, um, you know, it is hard, especially with the momentum they had. It was kind of a downer, uh, you know, losing that game at home against Notre Dame, especially the team that had the record that they had at the time. Yeah, it's a tough loss. I mean, anytime that you get a big time matchup in your own building and you're trending, you you, you got to pull it off, right? Col- the right. college season is so short, like you you can't miss on those opportunities. So this is a tough loss. But I, all in all, for the Q's as a football program, 
if you're in this discussion period, top 25, you're in, you're in right. that mix. That's a good spot for the program, right? I mean, I think everybody would be happy well, with being in the mix every year. I think Baber's done a wonderful job, and what he's done, and this uh, some of these teams, some of the smaller P5 teams, and even some of the P6 teams have really had to they really had to get um, innovative when it came to recruiting during COVID, right? And I think COVID recruiting has taught a lot of these maybe lower tier, lower tier P5, high, you know, P6 teams. It's taught them some things about how to recruit. We see Syracuse and Oklahoma. They offer kids in Oklahoma. If you look at their roster, they have kids from California mm-hmm. all the way across the board. Now, of course, they're always been pretty strong, the northern part of that Atlantic seaboard, but they're even getting down into Florida now and they're getting a lot of players from across the country. So I think that's the one thing that Dino Bino Baber's done very well is that plus he's thinking outside the box a little bit. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, Syracuse's starting nose guard is five foot ten, two hundred sixty-six pounds. Uh, he plays right on the center and he does a phenomenal job. It takes a lot of guts to walk in that room with all these other coaches sitting there going, Okay, you need to offer this kid. Well, give me his intangibles. Yeah. Uh, he's real smart. Well, give me his yeah. intangibles. Yeah. He's real strong. No, what's how big is he? And you tell them how big he is and they laugh you out of the room, right? Right. They're doing things like that. They're recruiting across the country and they've got a they got a really nice roster. I love Dino and I think that he's been doing the last two years. I, I think he kind of had a little bit of an off year um three years ago. Uh last year was a lot of those new people coming in and they didn't do well, but he had brought them in, um, which kind of set them up for this year. Um, so I've been pretty impressed with what he's been doing. I've always loved, uh, you know, uh, him as a coach. And I think that now he's doing a lot better with the recruiting and, um, they actually hit the portal this year too, which has been, uh, definitely helpful. So it looks like we may be, uh, we may have been corrected that it is not the carrier dome. It is the JMA wireless dome officially. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I'm I'm 52. I take a lot of shots (laughs) to the head. But yeah, Even for me, it's the carrier me, it's dome. Going to be the carrier dome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, how Syracuse is thinking outside the box, using kind of the smaller guy there at a major position that typically is a big, a big, huge animal right. in there, right? So now let's let's shift over to, I guess, what we'll call the smaller little brother, kind of in the Buffalo Bulls. Um, you know, they they don't get kind of the same magnitude of where they play that Syracuse gets, but the program has really turned around a lot in the past few years. You see the coaches getting sniped out of there left and right because they're doing a lot of good things. Now they've already played this week, so we don't really get to uh, talk about what, you know, what they're getting into, but we did just watch them lose to Ohio in a big time matchup for them in the Mac. Um, you know, they, they came in, they're still a four and one in the Mac, but so is the team they just lost to. Uh, they've got another Mac matchup this week against central Michigan. Where are you guys on the bulls? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing with the, um, the bulls was they, they started the season. zero and three, and it was like, okay, well, here we go. Um, but then they they started with their um, the MAC competition, and when they got into the conference, they they won you know uh, five in a row, so it was great. It was like you know here we are, you know uh, we're winning, and they're doing it well. And then they played Ohio, which unfortunately they were they were tied with Ohio, so it was like um, or no, I think Ohio had already lost one, so it was like they need to win this game, and then they ended up losing big time. So. Now they're tied with Ohio and, you know, they have the, the tiebreaker. So Ohio has the tiebreaker. The This game's going to be huge now uh, against Central Michigan because they need to continue to win within the, the conference if they want to, you know, uh, go to the, the championship game. You know, yeah. I, I think the formula is there now. I mean, uh, Coach Lindquist is a guy that's that's come in. He was a, he was a D.C. at Michigan and um, he was with the Cowboys. He's an NFL coach as well. And now he gets an opportunity for his first head coaching job. Um, he knows what it takes to win. Okay. And 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 I think what, what you're seeing again with with the Bulls, just like Syracuse tonight on the on the Bixby team. So if you're if you're paying attention, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I got my Phillies are playing in game five. <laughs> We've got a nationally televised high school. We got a nationally televised high school football game, right? We got the the town I live in, Bixby, Oklahoma, is playing Jinx on ESPN two. And one of the kids is making his decision uh, tonight on air, I guess, to where he's going to go to school. And there's another kid that's there. And I think he, I don't know if he's insane, but he's got Buffalo as one of his three choices. <laughs> and this is a kid from Bixby, Oklahoma. Now this is a program that's won 57 games in a row. 
or 58. They've won the last three or four state championships playing against a, a, a state championship team. So, you know, there is a lot of pedigree there, but still these programs are getting out and about and they're finding kids where maybe they haven't found kids before, but you know, Buffalo loses to Maryland. The game they shouldn't have lost is probably Holy Cross. They lose 37, 31, but they lose to coastal Carolina who uh, the mullets have all kinds of uh, have all kinds of momentum going on again, just like Syracuse. It mirrors them. They had a chance to take over first place in the league, had a big game against a big opponent. And uh, they, they basically got, they got beat by by half. I mean, 45-24, so rough outing for them. But their schedule sets up really, really well. They play Central Michigan, obviously, kind of a middle-of-the-pack MAC team. And then you got Akron, who's not very good. And you got Kent State, who's not very good. So, um, you know, their destiny's for, sitting there for them as well. I mean, they got a chance to, to, to go bowling and uh, control their mm-hmm. own destiny. That's really all you want when you get down into November in college football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Central Michigan's three and six. They're definitely one of the uh, teams in the Mac that you're not as concerned with. So this is definitely a game. Buffalo should be able to turn it back around. Speaking of the mullets there from uh, Coastal Carolina, they're currently up 21 to 14 against Appalachian State right now. Yeah. So uh, there, that's right. There is college football playing right now. When we talk about the Mac being on weird schedules, there is other fo- college football taking place yeah. right now, too. But now let's talk about some big dogs a little bit. Right. Uh, the, I think every year this playoff thing comes around, everybody's all irritated. No, our team should be there. Our team should be there. So I just want to get your guys' opinion. I just looked here before we got started. They have Tennessee at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four, Michigan at five, Alabama at six, and TCU at seven. The only non-undefeated team is Alabama at seven and one. Everybody else is eight and oh. Where are you guys? Right. At? I mean, how do you not have all the eight no teams at the top, right? For starters, but then how do you guys rank them? Do you have any issues with four or five? Do you have like where are you guys yeah. at on that? I have a big, I have a big issue with four or five. I think I think Michigan's your, is, is in that top four. I don't think that Clemson necessarily deserves to be in that top four. I think Michigan plays a, a tougher schedule now. Obviously, a lot of these things are going to take care of themselves. Michigan has to play Ohio State, and uh, there'll be some other big games, but. Um, and then obviously Georgia has to play Tennessee, but I think that Clemson's sitting at four for one reason, one reason only, and that's Boo Corrigan. I don't know if you know who Boo Corrigan is, but he is the AD that's over the selection committee this year. And Boo just happens to be the athletic director at NC State, which is a team that's in the ACC. ACC. So um, we've seen it before. We've seen it in Oklahoma a few years ago. Um, Joe Castiglione was on the, was on the committee, and next thing you know, you saw. Oklahoma squeeze in over some other teams. And so I think that Michigan should be in the four. The other one I have a big time problem with is TCU sitting all the way down there at eight. I don't believe that they, uh, you know, I don't believe that ranking is uh, is appropriate. I think it, uh, with their record, they should be sitting probably at five or six, not where they are. That just kind of shows you what they feel about the big 12. Yeah. I, uh, I'm kind of a little bit of a disagreement. I think, Clemson, the reason why they're at four is at this point in time is because they struggled against Syracuse. Uh, Tennessee, I am a huge Tennessee fan this year. I love watching them play. Uh, I can't wait for the game this week. I I think that the only reason why they have them number one is because they're undefeated and then they dethroned Alabama. Um, I don't think they're technically number one. I think that Georgia should be number one uh, right now, and we will find that out this weekend. Uh, when they play, but I think Alabama, they're not going to not have them in the, you know, the top six to, to you know, for show because it's Alabama. Um, I think Michigan, the, what hurts them is their conference, their non-conference play. They don't have any, you know, teams that they're going against to strengthen that, um, you know, to strengthen their, their bid. So unfortunately I think they're shooting themselves in the foot with that, but with uh, TCU, I'm kind of in agreement there. I think they should be higher. Uh, especially right now, I think that um, I kind of personally think they should be in there with the the, the five or the six. Uh, I, I don't kind of feel like Michigan should be there right now. But uh, Oregon and um, who was the other one? That's the one one loss team. Uh, USC. I think those are kind of your your seven and eight right now. Kind of they're kind of sitting on the outside as well. So. I think that, again, the only reason why Tennessee is number one is because they beat Bama. You know, Tennessee did have a, if you remember correctly, way, way back earlier in the year, September, um, they did play an overtime game against 
uh, Syracuse's next opponent, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they had to go to OT to beat Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, you get their non-conference was, was very um, limited. They played Akron, and then of course they throw in the 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 crazy SEC uh, uh, off week game uh, next week against, I believe it's Tennessee Martin is who they play. But you know it's hard to beat an SEC schedule, <laughs> right? You're never gonna you're ne- no matter who you play in the off season, in the non-conference games, you're never gonna be able to come in and say, well, their schedule's weak. I mean, they're playing SEC teams week in and week yeah. out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they beat them, they win. And I think you're right. I think that beating Alabama is what put them over the top. That's that big that big win that they had. Um, obviously, Georgia is the uh, returning national champion. I kind of always thought that you were the man until somebody beat you. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, they feel Tennessee has a little more uh, – a little more glow to them than than Georgia, but that that soon will be uh, taking care of itself. And if Tennessee can pull that off, I I think Harbaugh gets a raw deal. I think people don't like. There's a lot of people that don't like Harbaugh. That's why Harbaugh's not in the top four. If you and I'm sorry, Sarah, if you're putting Michigan at no, six no. or seven, it, it, there's some sort of thing with khaki hmm. pants or or it Harbaugh. Might, it or might something. be my. Yeah, right. it might be my feelings with Harbaugh. Right, I'm not right. a huge Harbaugh fan. Right, so. exactly. But if you, I'm just telling you, if Harbaugh was coaching the University of Miami, you would be his biggest fan because he's a heck of a football coach. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with. I'm not going to argue. He is quirky as all get out, and he, yeah. he can be hard to like. But um, but no, I think Michigan's a battle tested team. Um, but they don't they don't quite have they they got to beat Ohio State and then everything else will take care of itself, right? I mean that's kind of what everybody waits for every year with him. Yep. Are you going to beat Ohio State? If not, then go about your business. Yep. So let's let's get into some games. I I think we got what do we got here? One, two, three, four. We got five games that involve top 25 teams that we're going to hit on. We're going to cruise through these. I'm going to throw some numbers at you guys and let you know where everything stands. And then you guys are going to kind of tell me where we think we're going to fall on these. Because this shift that we're talking about with the playoffs, there's quite a few matchups this week that are going to make big differences in how this shakes out, right? And interestingly enough, the team that they're claiming to be the number three team right now I, I look at Vegas a lot for football. They know a lot about what's going on. Their numbers say a lot about what they expect from football, right? So this week they have the number three ranked team in the country as an eight point favorite over the number one team ranked in the country, <laughs> right? So I'm curious, Georgia's won the last five that these two teams have played. So who wins this football game? Go ahead, sir. Okay. I, I think Georgia's defense is just too good. I think Georgia and it's at Georgia. If it was in Tennessee, it might be a little bit closer. I might be concerned a little bit about that line, but at this point in time, I think that Georgia is going to win and they're going to cover the spread. I, uh, Mm. I, I have to agree. I don't, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm not putting any money on this game. (laughs) <laughs> there that's kind of a sucker line i think colt kind of said it best i mean you're looking yeah. at you know you're laying eight at home uh, it's interesting right you're supposed to yes. be the best team in the country you're playing the right. best team in the country right so right it's, it's it, very interesting it, and i think there's very, a ton of money on tennessee there's a lot of right. money on Tennessee, right? Because people look at the face value of it and say, but that's when I look at Vegas and say, they've got a very good reputation to be about being right about things. <laughs> and if they're willing to put a number out there like that, they truly believe that Georgia can win this game by 10 points or so, I would say. Yeah. Right. right? And I, I think that nobody's going to be ripping down goalposts and throwing them into the river. Right. I mean, <laughs> this is right. I mean, they're going to, they're going to play between the hedges and, and uh, I can't go against Georgia. I just can't. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it, I mean, I'll be I rooting say. for Tennessee. I'll be rooting. I, I want Tennessee to succeed. I think it's interesting that we finally have someone else in the SEC that's right. doing well. So I'll be rooting for them. I just don't think that there is a chance. I think that they have a great offense. I just think that they haven't played a Georgia defense. But you're looking at, you know, you're looking at two teams offensively, total yards, Tennessee's third. Georgia's fourth, right? Mm. Passing yardage, Tennessee's fourth, Georgia's 11th. Rushing yards, they're both the same, 46th and 41st. Points scored, um, Tennessee is first in the country with 49.4 points a game, Georgia at 41.8. So if you look at all these numbers and you look at everything that goes with it, um, the one thing that I will say, you know, third down conversion, Tennessee 20th, um, Georgia 14th. You know, the thing is, when you look at this and you start looking at that many offensive numbers that are the same, 
where is the difference? And the difference is in the defense. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you look at Georgia, total yards, sixth, uh, passing yardage, 29th, rushing yardage, 10th. They're giving up points. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm with Sarah on this one. That defense is what makes a difference. And, and you know what? I wouldn't doubt if there wasn't a big special teams play as well. Yeah. And so moving into the next one, because this one is an SEC matchup. So we've got number six, Alabama, number 10, LSU, right? So this is big, right? Because you're going to talk about one of these top two teams in the SEC are going to take a loss this week. And then if Alabama can get by LSU, I think we all see the writing on the wall, right? That Alabama is magically back as one of the best teams in the country and in the playoff. And you're talking about a team that's a 13 and a half point underdog at home, LSU, the number 10 team in the country, is a 13 and a half point underdog to the number six team in the country. Where are you guys at on this? I mean, they're they're basically Alabama wins a lot of these games. They've won most of them, right? Minus the one that Joe Burrow played in. This football team at Alabama right now has a problem playing on the road. They should have lost in Texas and they didn't lose in Texas. Um, They lost to Tennessee. Now they're playing in a place that I've been to in in full regalia, uh, Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Never been in a louder crazier environment than Tiger Stadium. Uh, I was down there when they played Texas A&M. It was Johnny Manziel's last game as a, as a college player, and it was insane. And, you know, these are games that LSU wins. Uh, I know what the spread is, and I know all these things, but Alabama's a team right now that's still young. And what's funny is, is they're not. it's not that they're not talented. Alabama's just young. Now, obviously, they're young at quarterback, too. They got Bryce Young. And, and he's a difference maker, okay? And he's a guy that can go ahead and, and, and bring a calm to that football team. But these are young players that have a tremendous amount of talent, and you have to learn through experience. Now, did they learn enough at Tennessee when they lost down there? Did they learn enough at Texas when they almost lost? I don't know. But um, I just – I look at LSU, and I, they win one of these games every year, one they shouldn't win, and, and everybody's against them. And I don't know. I like the Tigers in this game. I really do. Sarah? Well, I'm, I'm- – Gonna, I, I can't stand Alabama, but I'm going to say Alabama. My biggest thing here. <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. <laughs> my biggest thing here is is LSU. The the fact that they ranked them tenth this week pisses me off. I mean, it really does. They went from being 25th to right. unranked for two weeks in a row. Yes, they played well uh, the last two weeks, but to to have them go from 25th to unranked to 10th, they're doing it because they're playing Alabama. I honestly feel like no one believes that they're the 10th ranked team in the country. I like, I, I don't like it at all. And I, when I saw the the rankings come out this week, I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) They jumped over 15 other teams because I mean, and I guess they beat a Florida team, but a lot of, you know, the Gators haven't looked great this year. So and I, I'm just not, I, I'm just not happy with um, the, you know, decision to make them 10th. With that being said, I think the game is closer than than Alabama fans want, um, being that it is on the road. But I don't think that Alabama has anything to worry about. I think they'll come out with the victory. I don't know if they'll cover the spread, but I think they'll definitely come out with the victory. What What I will say about this game is this, and, and Brian Kelly falls into this category for me like Jim Harbaugh does for a lot of other people. Can't stand Brian. Kelly. I'm not a big <laughs> Brian Kelly fan. Okay, now I didn't. I, I didn't say anything about. I didn't put words <laughs> in your mouth. I didn't want to imply anything. I'm just saying. But um, anyway, um, and by the way, if Dockers are very uncomfortable, um, if if I look at Brian Kelly, he I'm not a fan all the way back from when he was at Cincinnati. But what I will say is this: he's a really good football coach, and if you don't think he's not going to win games at LSU, he's going to win games. This this type of game, you know, this might be too big too early, but it would not shock me if they win it. Like I said, I'm still picking them. But Brian Kelly's a good football coach. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm I'm not a Notre. I hate Notre Dame. So I am with you. So I, we agree on so, something else. There you go. So the feelings <laughs> the feelings come over yes. from Notre Dame. So yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And the money agrees with siding with LSU in this game, obviously at 13 and a half points, it feels very much like an NFL division game, right? These teams are familiar with each other. They get a lot of action with each other. It's hard to see these games really get into blowout type of atmospheres that you're talking about double digit victories. So yeah. Very evenly matched again. If you look at stats, I'm sorry, Colt, to cut you off just real quick. Another very evenly matched game. There's a few areas that are a little bit skewed, but 
another good game that should uh, should play out well this weekend. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it, and it's gonna make a big it's gonna make a big determination in what happens, right? Like yes. moving forward. So absolutely. Huge. So let's move over to Texas. We got Texas is ranked twenty fourth in the country. They're going up against Kansas State, ranked thirteenth in the country. Texas is the favorite here, minus two and a half points. Texas has actually won five of the five of the last five t- times these teams have matched up. Texas has won. Interestingly enough, Texas's last loss was to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago, and then they went on the bye. And then Kansas State, who they're getting ready to play, went out and waxed Oklahoma State last week, 48 to zero. So where are we at on this one? And I called that one that I felt good about that one. I uh, I've just like Tennessee. I've been watching a lot of Kansas State this year and I'm all for them winning. Um, I know Texas, you know, has kind of gotten a little bit of a you know, raw deal deal, you know, losing a couple of close games and and uh, falling out of the 25 and now they're, I think they're 24th or uh, 20. Yeah. I think they're 24th ranked now. Um, But with, with that being said, I think most people have Texas. I am going to go with my heart right now and say, I am going to root and uh, you know, pick Kansas state. I loved what they did last week. Uh, Texas lost uh, to Oklahoma state. And like you said, and I think that the only thing that Kansas state has going against them is, They have a team coming in here who is coming off a loss and they're coming off of a huge, you know, victory. So I hope they don't have the, the hangover and uh, you know, we'll see, but it's at Kansas state. And that's, that's another place, you know, Manhattan, Kansas is one of those um, places. I think they seat like almost a hundred thousand fans. It's a, it's a hard place to play. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to go with my heart on this one and say, and and say Kansas state. I, I will say this, that if if Jerry O was a college football team, he would be Kansas State. Um, everything that they do, I love. Uh, I'm a huge Climbing fan, was a huge fan of his when he was at, ND, it was at North Dakota State, and he's brought that same attitude to Kansas, at Kansas State and Manhattan. And what he does is he's another think-outside-the-box guy. He has his principles that he sticks with. They're going to be physical. They're going to run the football. They're going to play defense. But the way they recruit, they find guys that are outliers. They find guys that maybe aren't right for the position they play, and they move them to another position. This is a la Gary Patterson back when he used to be at TCU. That's what he did a lot of. There's a lot of uh, tight ends that they were playing defensive end and things like that. Uh, this is a really, really good football team without their starter at quarterback. Um, Adrian Martinez, the transfer from Nebraska, um, he supposedly is still going to be out this week, we think. Um, Howard, I believe is his name, the kid that came in and has played for him for quite some time, uh, is, is doing a wonderful job. Got dinged up a little bit in that TCU game, but uh, has come back and is playing well. I love this matchup because it's two polar opposites. It's a school with a huge, huge pedigree, with a huge budget, and a, and a bunch of arrogant fans who think that they're the, the, the upper, the top echelon of, of college football. <laughs> against a school that was brought back from the dead by Bill Schneider that plays in Manhattan, Kansas, an oasis in one of the ugliest one of the ugliest states in our in our country. Okay. And they <laughs> every Saturday in the fall they find a way to be joyful. And that's by playing good physical football, right? And um so I I like K State here. I'm gonna pick K State because I will always, I don't care how fast, how athletic, I will always take the tougher, more physical football team over the prettier finesse. He says left lane hammer down or all all gas, no break. It's kind of like half halfway on the gas or all gas, a little bit of break. Um, <laughs> I'm taking K-State. I love what they do. I think they're incredibly underrated, and I think you're going to see them make, uh, make a lot of noise uh, on New Year's Day in a big bowl. I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, the people at Texas might not – like your assessment very much, but I, I think it's great and I love it. So absolutely. Uh, I think that right now the, the money though is uh, it's favoring Texas at this point in that one. So we'll see is. how it all plays out. Right. The money, has favored, te- the money yeah. has favored Texas <laughs> right. from the start of time. Right. right. Um, yeah. they, they always have more than everybody else and they always get the same thing. They always got, which is mediocrity. So um, until they prove me wrong, uh, I'm going with K state. Love it. All right. Let's get into the next one up next. We got number one, 21 ranked Wake Forest going up against 22nd ranked NC State. 
We got one of them coming off. Wake Forest is coming off the loss against Louisville. NC State just came off a win against Virginia Tech. So far, the money sides with Wake Forest in this one, and they're four. They've won four out of the last five when these two have played. So, where are you guys at? I'm Wake Forest. I think that right now, uh, the biggest thing with Wake Forest is just making sure the defense shows up. Their offense, when they're clicking, they're clicking. And NC State, their offense is kind of like you know. Uh, Let's get out there and, and do what we can get, you know, take what we're given. Um, but they're not, you know, showboating. They're not doing anything, you know, uh, great, but they do have a decent uh, defense. So in my opinion, Wake Forest, if they come out there and actually have a defensive game plan going, they're going to they're going to do better just because of how explosive their their offense can be. And their quarterback is ridiculous. I. <sighs> I'm probably, gonna, I'm probably going <laughs> to. See, I get I get too wrapped up in some of these things. And, you don't like and this NC program State, either. And what's that? You don't like this program either. <laughs> Should we mute you before you get started? No, I, I like. I, I like no, 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 no. I like yeah. both these programs. Yeah. And and the thing is, I like NC State too much because I get in the I get too personal about about teams sometimes. Really good buddy of mine, Charlie Wiles, the coach for years at Virginia Tech. Um, he played at Murray. He played at Murray State with some of my real good buddies. He was a good friend. He played with his Bud Foster's uh, roommate at Murray State. Then he went up to V Tech and coached for Bud. He's the D line coach uh, with Bud Foster at V Tech for all those years. And then uh, when when uh, when Coach uh, Beamer left, uh, they made some changes. So Charlie's now at, at NC State. So I really I really uh, I like Charlie. Plus BJ Barham, lead singer of one of my favorite bands, American Aquarium, is also a uh, is also a grad of NC State. Uh, so, you know, that, that always wants you to go there. But when I look at this, I, I like Wake Forest. I, I think Wake Forest is, is a physical team. If you look at some of the things they do, rushing yards, um, they get after it with rushing yards. They're, um, they, uh, and, and NC State has an issue stopping the run. So, um, you know, when I look at this type of thing, they get out. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That was vice versa. Actually, NC State plays good rush defense. And North and Wake Forest does not rush the football very well, but they do pass it. I'm, I'm going to go with Wake. I'm with her. I think her quarterback's dynamic. Uh, as good as I as I think NC State is, as much as I like them, uh, I'm going to have to take Wake. And you guys are on the side of the money. The money sides with Wake Forest in this one at the minus four right now. Apologize so that, for, I apologize for rambling there. I'll try to cut my, uh, my rambles down <laughs> as we move into this whole thing. This is your show, baby. You do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. This is your show. Hey, if I know somebody at every program across the country by the end of this, I'm cool with that. That's cool. I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm not trying to name drop. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit agitated right now. My Phillies are down two to one. (laughs) Uh, I, I haven't seen my high school game. So I'm, you know, I'm just, we're moving along. We're all right. All right, we got one game left here we're going to chat about uh, before we get into a little Bills chatter real quick. Next up, we got another team that's going to be an absolute important piece to how this playoff plays out, right? So we've got the number four Clemson Tigers at minus three and a half points up against Notre Dame. So right, right. now the money is siding with Notre Dame. Oddly enough, the last time that both these teams have taken the field, they played the Syracuse Orange, and they both have beat the Syracuse Orange. So where are you guys at in this matchup? Yeah, I think Clemson struggled against Syracuse, uh, and it um, it shows how much uh, And Notre Dame did not. Notre Dame destroyed Syracuse. So uh, it's one of those things that uh, I think that Clemson will still come out with the win, uh, but I think that Notre Dame's going to definitely give them a run for the money, uh, and it pains me to say it because I can't stand both programs. I'm an ACC (laughs) girl, um, so, you know, Clemson has been uh, a thorn in my side for, for a long, long time. So I would love to, and I can't stand Notre Dame, but I would love to see Notre Dame beat Clemson because Notre Dame has lost quite a few games this year, but it, it's been, too, you know, it's been close games or they're, t- you know, to really good uh, programs. So I think that Notre Dame is better than their record shows. So I think that they'll give them a run for their money. But in the end, I think it'll be a, Clem- you know, a Clemson victory. What was the the line on that one? Or- they got a three and a half, three and a half for Clemson. Oh, really? It's that close. Yep. And actually, like the money right now is with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yep, I like it. I um, these games used to be really cool back in the day. Six thirty at night or six thirty kick or nighttime game at uh, up at Notre Dame. They were bringing in the portable lights, 
and um, and all that stuff. The time has obviously changed that. Um, playing a night game in Notre Dame used to be a big time uh, a big time deal. Um, I as much as as much as I would love to see Notre Dame win this football game, I think Clemson's too athletic. I think Clemson does too many things. There's too much team speed. I don't think the Notre Dame can um, can keep up with them. There's a reason why, guys. You have to under. There's a reason why that that Brian Kelly is in is at LSU. Uh, he knew what was he knew what was leaving, and he knew what was, was behind it, and he knew there was going to be a rebuild, and he wanted to get out before it got bad. Um, I love Marcus Freeman. I think he's one of the best coaches around. I would hire Marcus Freeman to coach my team. Um, Notre Dame's going to have to be patient with Marcus because he's going to have to have a chance to build this this uh, cachet of players back up. As much as they have talent, they need to get a, a little bit better to play uh, primetime games against the, the likes of number four ranked Clemson. So I like the Tigers, whether they, they stay, whichever quarterback they play, doesn't matter to me. I think that the, I think they'll take care of business. I like it. And interestingly, these teams haven't played since 2020, right? So they don't get a lot of action against each other, right? So it, it should be kind of a closer kind of sloppy game, I think, almost initially as they try to figure their way. But Clemson is a powerhouse, so we'll see how it all plays out. But that's going to do it for the college stuff. But since we had a very exciting week here, and we do have, um, I don't know, a pretty good football team in Western New York that plays in the NFL, um, why don't we spend a few minutes here just kind of chatting a little bit about, why don't you each, each of you let me know how you felt about what happened at the trade deadline and what happens this weekend? Good, sir. Oh, okay. So uh, I uh, didn't quite know how to feel about Heinz to begin with. Um, kind of was like, eh, you know, we, we kind of have the same type of player with, with Cook. So I was a little not worried, but I was kind of like, you know, what are we doing uh, to begin with? Uh, probably about 30, 45 minutes into it, I was reading. I went on to all the – Colts uh, Twitter feeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were all so angry. At the, oh yeah. They were like, we got hose now, you know, how in the heck can we, you know, trade him for, you know, a fifth and, or conditional fit. Like, right. so the more I read about it, the more I was like, Oh, you know, even if he doesn't pan out to be much of, of anything, you know, other than, you know, kind of a compliment to, to what cooks, you know, is out there doing, um, I think that he'll, I think that in the end, we're going to be using him on the return team. And, yeah. and the, you know, like since week one, I've been like, this is our, this is our one downfall. Our return game is our downfall. And if we can pick and choose one, you know, thing to complain about on this team, it's our, you know, we don't have a consistent return in return. Man. So whether it's punt return or kick return, um, I, you know, I don't think he does kick return as much as punt returning. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we still keep McKenzie back there on kick returns. But I think that it'll be an upgrade uh, on special teams having him out there. And, you know, I'm actually very, very, very happy that we have Marlowe back. Uh, I, you know, was upset when we got, you know, when we let him go. So I'm extremely happy that he's back. But I think it was for a seventh. So. You know, it, it to me, it'll be uh, definitely something, you know, for depth. I, I have a feeling that it kind of solidifies that Poyer probably won't play this week. But, oh, I was reading the comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's Jay Spence is in the house. Return game Ben Buns since Andre Roberts left. Yeah, I talked about yeah. this earlier on my show, too. He, he was just the dis- difference maker that we don't necessarily need it. But imagine if we had it right now. Yeah. Right. That That's where I am with it. So I agree with you a lot on that. You know, and what Sarah said kind of it kind of scares me a little bit because you got Frank Reich, who's a former Bill who played for Marv Levy, and you look at his roster. He brought heck, he brought Rusty Jones out of mothballs to be his, his strength coach at Indy. He he was he was so influenced by the Bills when he was here that he's giving up a guy that if if paper if paper's true. Is is it, it can catch the ball out of the backfield, run routes, which is what he used to have in Thurman, and then he's a guy that is a return guy. Which you know, Frank knew how important special teams were to Marv Levy. Um, Marv was the first special teams coach in the NFL. Uh, was was George Allen's special teams coach, I believe, at San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. And so he's given up a guy that's as good out of the backfield catching the ball like a Thurman, and then a guy that's great in special teams 
where's the rub here? What I'm scared because if that guy really, if you just gave us that guy, why, you know, why did you do that? Is it a contract thing? Are you worried about not being able to resign him? Does he not fit with your offense? But I told, you know, I was on the, the hump day show last week filling in for Spence. And I told Joe, I said, my dream would be a back that is a out of the backfield back. We've got the Singletary's doing a great job running the football. If we had either like a big monster power back or a guy that could play in the passing game with what we do passing game wise would be a huge fit. And we got that in Heinz plus a returner. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like when you bought something for the regular price, but you got 33% more, right? Um, <laughs> right. That's how I look at Heinz. And I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to be a quick study. I think he's going to get in there. Yeah. And um, I think that um, he's going to do good stuff. And then the, the Marlowe pick back up, that was that just tells me that we're not going to see Poirier for a while. And um, But it also tells me that we've got a little bit of insurance now uh, if we have some issues back there. So uh, great to see him back. Obviously, his family is excited to be back in Western New York. Right. I mean, what a, what a public service announcement for the city of Buffalo and for other free agents in the league. When you, you want to ask somebody about what's it like playing in Buffalo, just look at that tweet that his wife put out there. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. amazing. So great job yeah. by being a game. If, you haven't, seen it, if yeah. you haven't seen it, everyone look it up because yeah. it'll it'll tug at your heartstrings just a little bit. Yeah. So great job by being. I think he did a wonderful job again getting us what we needed right before the trade deadline. Yeah, I think that speaking to your Heinz thing a little bit, it's I, I would say it's mostly contract. This is his last year, right? He's and if you read the tweets that kind of came from him afterwards and what he said to some folks about just not wanting to constantly have quarterback right. turnover, like every year right. he's coming into a new quarterback. I don't think he was going to be in Indianapolis next year, period, dot, probably end of story. So getting a little bit, you get Zach Moss, he's cheap. You got another year on his deal. You see if maybe something works out. But I agree, it's 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 a little fishy sometimes, <laughs> but maybe Reich's just giving right. us a little little final hey go get well, that super bowl since we're not getting it the colts right. are just offloading um yeah, i actually right. think that i actually think that he has uh another year or two left on it. i think it's like he it's four and a half and five and then yeah heinz two has two years with us yeah. but none of none of the no. money's guaranteed and exactly. he has two years but i, I was speaking uh, more towards indianapolis getting zach moss left yeah, on the cheap so deal you know so so maybe yeah, they're right. offloading because they know that they were going to probably cut him in the offseason they got some you know picks now um you know, I think that when they, they, they benched Matt Ryan, it was kind of like, okay, so this is what they're doing. Giving up. So yeah, a little. I, you know, their offensive line needs help. Uh, even even Taylor hasn't looked like Taylor. So I think that that might be more of the reason. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what we what we do with them. It'll, you know, I've been watching a couple of the practices, uh, and it's been good. interesting. I like it. Looks good. Yeah, I listened to McAfee quite a bit, and he lost his mind when they traded yes, him. He, I mean, he was on the air yeah. when the trade went across, and he was like losing his mind that they let yeah. him go. That's, I mean, we haven't had, I mean, we've had some quick dudes and some things like that. Singletary, of course, is real quick. We haven't had a lot of straight line speed at that position in right. quite a while, and, right. and Hines is that he can he can roll now. Yeah. Anytime he anytime he has the ball in his hand, he can go touch the pad. So, um, I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, I think also it's a great it's a great move because this we've shown Bean and McDermott have shown that they love veteran presence, right? right? So I'm just viewing this as like Heinz is capable if something bad happens to Singletary, then Heinz could carry a majority of the load. We've seen him do it before. If you need somebody to block in crunch time in a playoff game right. and you know they're coming, you might not feel comfortable rolling Cook out there, right? So maybe you say that's why this guy's here. But so let's let's hit on the Jets this week a little bit here, real quick. Any concerns? There's always concerns, right? What would it be? Where do you think they're going to get us? You're going to hear me say this more than any saying that I say as far as NFL football goes, and it's this. Those guys get paid as well. And anytime you're playing professional athletes, things happen. Um, I think the Jets, you know, they picked up – who's the running back they picked up from? um, James Robinson. uh, Yeah, they picked up James Robinson. They're kind of trying to figure out their identity, which is run the football. They got Wilson, a quarterback, can run a little bit, take some of the some of the pressure off of him to allow him to continue to develop. Us, uh, you know, they still want to play real good defense. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about the Bills, and 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 again, I brought this up on the on the Hump Day show. It is really hard being that team when you are the best supposedly in the league because, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not going to go to the old cliche. We get everybody's best shot every week, you know? Um, 
I no, like that cliche. <laughs> yeah, well, that that well, if factual, you live down here, think, if right? you live in Oklahoma, that's what you hear from the Sooners every week. You know, we're going to get everybody's best shot every week. You know, <laughs> um, and then you know to to explain why they lost, but it's one of those things where the Bills right now, it's human nature. You know, I believe in biorhythms and all those kind of crazy things, and and it's hard to be as a human being to be up every week. Um, at, at, your, at your top of you try to be. But it's hard. I mean, they just came off of a off of a very uh, emotional Sunday night game. Even though Green Bay wasn't a great opponent, there was still a lot there. And you saw what happened in the second half, right? They came out there beating on them. And they sat in the locker room. And they probably, you know, somebody you know just put their feet up or whatever and decided to coast through the second half because they knew they could. Sometimes you got to watch that because it can bite you. And what I'm seeing out of Josh Allen, of all the good he does. He has a tendency to get sloppy with the football, especially early. Um, Now, I know this past week he had two turnovers in the second half, but if you look at Miami, you look at Baltimore, you give teams like that energy. Mm -hmm. Now, next thing you know, it's a little bit harder to to play them. So, you know, as long as we take care of business early, Josh protects protects the football, I'm okay. But my biggest thing with him is, early, big, early turnovers. He can't have them. Sarah? I think my biggest concern right now is still looking at the the injury report. So um, seeing that, you know, Hoyer obviously did not participate. I'm sure he's pretty much, he's pretty much out. Edmonds um, was a, a, did not not participate or limited. Um, Milano, same. Um, If we don't have, both of them at linebacker that that does concern me uh, a little bit. I know that they don't have Brees Hall anymore, so you know I'm not as concerned about Robinson um, as I would have been about Brees. Right. But to not have you know three of the most important you know of the most important pieces, and then Von Miller today, uh, he went from a vet rest to now all of a sudden having an ankle. Um, don't know quite what's up with the ankle, but you know it, it's it's concerning. You know that technically four of our biggest pieces on defense could potentially either be limited or not play. So uh, that's kind of my biggest concern. And then the other thing is because it's within the division, you know, just beating ourselves with stupid things. Um, You know, you always go in there, you know, wondering, you know, is this going to be a Miami game or are we just, you know, because Miami we beat, in my opinion, we beat ourselves. So I just want to make sure that we go in there not overlooking them, um, and just, you know, having a good game. Um, real quick, though, injury report. Uh, Poyer questionable. Von Miller questionable with an anchor, ankle. Um, Tredavious White obviously said he's they're said he's playing. Uh, Milano's questionable with the oblique, which those things can be if you ever – I don't ever have that problem. That's a that's like a pulled ab. <laughs> I don't ever have those issues. But I know people that do. And, and when, you have a, when you have an ab injury, from what I understand, they're very, very hard to come back from. So that one does concern me a little bit. Edmonds is questionable with a heel. Um, that's probably plantar fasciitis, something like that. That's nothing that can't get taken care of probably 20 to 40 minutes before pregame. Um, I look at Brown. He's also questionable with his ankle. So, you know, they do have some injury issues, but I think this injury bug that we seem to have this year has proven one thing. Our depth is, yeah. is ridiculous. And our, and our practice squad depth is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and if we have Trey go, if we have Trey go, I don't think he'll play much. I've been saying no. all week that I think he'll be inactive but if they actually have him active, I, I think he goes out there for a couple plays to to kind of, you know, get his feet wet, technically, you know, so right. to speak. So, um, so that he'll be ready for the the next two home games. Uh, but I don't think he'll play much if if he's active. No, I'm with you yeah. on that. I wouldn't play him very much at all, and maybe even you know let him warm up and do some stuff, and then pull him off and put him, you know, put him on the shelf. There's no reason yeah. to rush him back. Other than to get him a little bit of timing and stuff before the playoffs, before the end of the year. But, you know, if he was a safety, that would be one thing. But we're doing fine at corner. And and it's just funny how the way the season's falling, right, guys? If you look at the draft and everybody's like, well, why are we taking corner here? Why are we taking a running back? Why? It's Cornerbacks have become – you better be stocked up on corners yeah. and safeties because they've become – 
the the focal points of, of really good defenses because of the way these teams are playing offense now and the rule changes. You better be loaded up in that secondary. We've done it, and it's been um, – our scouting department's done a heck of a job. We got a kid that's a six-round pick from Villanova, a one AA program that is starting and playing you know significant time. So, um, you know, it's important. So, yeah, I'm with you. Ease them back in. There's no reason, no reason to rush them. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you guys on on Trey. I don't think you. I don't think he'll be up this week actually at all. Probably. I don't. I don't know that it's necessary. If you go and look at the Jets, that I, I buy the division stuff. I get all that. That loss of Brees Hall to me though kind of put a big dent in that team. If you go and look at what they were doing, he was getting them big chunks a lot. And and when you don't get that, you got a tough defense. But I, I agree with Jerry that I said that this is a game that by the third quarter we we better be stepping on their neck. And right. breaking this, or it could be something that we don't want to see, and we let right. them hang around. And and that's the one thing that we don't tend to do very well. Right. We tend to not. We we're kind of like the cat. Once the once the mouse is basically perished, we're like, eh, it's boring. We'll just go do something else now. Uh, they got to get that feel. They got to get that ability to finish teams. But I'm with like Triggs down in the comments. Triggs 44 says, I don't want Trey White playing that. Uh, on that MetLife turf. Totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah. That was maybe the comment of the night. I mean, totally <laughs> right. agree with that. Yeah. I think someone made a comment the other day that the only reason why they would activate him is to get, you know, to get him a little bit more touches before going against, you know, um, the Vikings, because, you right. know, obviously the Vikings do have, uh, you know, several people yes. at, you know, wide receiver that we don't necessarily want, but to, to have our rookie going up against Justin Jefferson is not necessarily, the best thing, but you know, they've, we've already done it this year. You know, they've already went up against several, um, you know, uh, our, you know, Waddle and Hill. I mean, they faced, they faced big time opponents this year. And granted that, that they did give up a big play in that game that eventually probably cost us the game. But that I was talking about this earlier, that's the one thing that you could go to and that's it. These young kids have played very, very good back there. So I'm going to hang with them. So real quick, before we get out of here, I need score predictions. Who's going first? Go ahead, sir. All right. Well, I said 41-13 or 41, 13 the other day. I am, with all the injuries, you know, I'm, I'm going to say 41-17. Um, I'm going to okay. give them uh, one extra touchdown and take away a field goal. So I'm going to say 41-17. Okay. Jerry? I'm going 31-20. I think okay. the Jets are gonna. Cool. I think the Jets are gonna. I think the Jets are gonna stick around a little bit. They have a covering the spread too. Yes, wow. I do. Yeah. I, I, wow. I just, Jets got a little bit of belief going on right now. They do. Um, yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed, there's a little bit of belief coming out of there. I think Salah's a good coach. They're going to be ready to play. Yeah. Wilson's getting better and better. He's getting more comfortable. I do like um, him. Yeah. I can't stand Wilson. I don't. I, I know. Don't I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying I like him. I'm just saying I don't. Oh, I, I, don't I thought like you were talking about either. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver. I like him. Yeah. I don't like the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback is who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. with you. But what I'm saying is, I. It's a hard place to play. Yeah. Um. It is a miserable place to play. Well, we're gonna and get the everything Jets, they got. Right. right? And the Jets have some belief right now. It's 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 means something. Yeah. Uh, so again, I'm going to go back. Yeah. I think again, it's their defense. Right. And I go back bad, to my but... saying, you know, they get paid too. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have a little bit of pride and it's going to be a tough game for us. And I think it's a game we need because we've had too many yawners lately. We need to get in a little bit of a scrap. We need to fight a little bit. This is going to be the te- the best team top to bottom, though, that they have played all season. They right. haven't played anything close to what they're going to have come into that building this week. But I'm, I'm around you guys. I had 34-17. Um, that's where I'm at. You know, I think uh, it's a game that, like last week, I thought we we would be three touch- four touchdowns, a couple field goals around in that range. So I'm going to stick with that this, this week. So ultimately, hopefully next week, we'll be talking about a Bills victory when you guys are listening to us as we're getting ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Again, this is the three-man rush with the man himself, the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. It's the first show of the season for us, so hopefully you guys enjoy what we're up to over here. Make sure you hit the like button below. You're subscribing. Make sure you guys look down in those show notes. You can follow Jerry. You can follow Sarah. You can follow myself. You can follow the show and find out everything that we're up to. And of course, go Bills. Go Bills. Love it.